Let me sing from the highest throne. From the highest throne to the earth below, you lay down your life for the likes of us. Great is the love of a Savior. Lord of endless life, let your glory shine forever. It's all the earth, it's all the earth. We'll sing your praise. Lift up a shout of praise. We live for your glory From the rising sun From the rising sun To the still of night Every waking morning For your devotion Jesus, we live for your glory Lord of this life Let your Sing your praise and hope. 
Church, why don't you greet your neighbor to the right and to your left? It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you for coming. This morning, or this Sunday rather, is Palm Sunday. Amen. And I want to read you a scripture of what it was like in Jerusalem when Jesus was coming into town. Amen. It was something similar to this where they were praising his name. But the Bible says in Matthew 21, verse 8, it says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. That means their clothes. While others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the ground. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now I'm going to try to do it my best rendition as maybe they have done it. Because the Bible says that they shouted. I didn't shout. Let me try one more time. Here we go. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Amen. Amen. Church, that's us this morning. That's us. Praising the Lord, amen. We're shouting to the heavens. We're giving praise to God. We're giving praise to Jesus because we know He lives in our heart. We know that He's in this place. The Holy Spirit's here, amen. Would you close your eyes with me right now? And I want you to resolve in your heart. And I want it to resolve in your spirit. I want us to give a loud shout of praise. But before we do, I want there to be an inward exaltation of the Lord. The Bible says that they threw their clothes, their cloaks. Today we have designer brands, but how many of us would do that? As a sign of God, you're worthy. God, we're praising you. Guess what? You can do that right now with your heart. You can do that right now with your life. So right now, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you our hearts. We've decided that there's no one like you. There's no one greater. There's no one that comes close. There's no one that compares to Jesus. Oh, God, this Palm Sunday, God, we praise you. We worship you. I'm just going to pray, Lord, I thank you for everyone here. God, I thank you for every person represented, every nationality. God, it doesn't matter if it's their first time. God, I thank you that they're here, God. You give everyone the opportunity. You invite everyone to come. Everyone has a chance to worship. So God, prepare our hearts. 
As we pour out, God, we ask that you would fill us up. You would fill us up, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Y'all ready? When I count to three, I want us to do our best rendition of Palm Sunday back in Jerusalem when Jesus was coming into the city. Amen. And I want us to shout. And I want us to praise at the top of our voice. Because he's worthy. Because there's no one like him. Because for all eternity, we're going to be praising his name. So in this moment right now, come on, let's do that. One, because he's worthy. Two, because he's the king of kings and lord of lords. Three, come on and lift your voice. Lift up a shout of praise in his praise. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're worthy.
are consumed by you. We set our lives apart. We are consumed by you. So we are. We are your burning one. Yes, we are. We are. We are consumed by We set our lives apart. We are consumed by you. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our soul with your desire. And let our passion bring you faith. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a day And fill our souls with your night Oh, sing it again, so let Oh, so let this love be like a fire Let our lives be like a day And fill our soul with your desire Let our passion be day So let this love be like a fire Let our lives be like a day Fill our souls with your Desire, let our passion bring you
let's follow that word. Ask and I will give you the nations your inheritance. Come on, let's just start lifting up different nations right now, all across the world right now. Let's just lift them up. Come on. Nations in the 1040 window. Come on, nations where they're rejecting God because government has taught them that they're greater, that religion's only for the weak people. Come on, let's lift up our nation that they will come to Jesus. What seems impossible for man is not impossible for God. Come on. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, saints of God, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Lift your voice and declare it over the nations. Come on. church, the underground church. God, they're still meeting. They're still gathering together. We lift them up, our brothers and sisters in, in Christ. There's so much on the line for them, God, to meet, to talk about you, to live for you. There's so much on the line, especially in that 1040 window, God, we lift them up, that you would give them strength. You would meet with them, God, and they will be refreshed, renewed. That they would know, God, that you're there with them. Let them have peace. Let them grow in number. Have mercy on those that persecute them, Lord. Have mercy on them, God. Let your word go forth like a fire. Let it burn away the dross, God. Let it burn away the confusion, the lies. Lord, that you raise up missionaries. We ask, Lord, that you raise up your church to go forth to preach the good news. We ask of you. We ask, oh Lord. You're a good God. You're a good Father. You never neglect us.
You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Yeah. 
amazing father you're perfect in all of your ways father you lack no good thing you are above all things dear god and for that we thank you we honor you and we glorify you father we thank you that you're such a good father you meet our needs dear god we never lack any good thing dear god because we are your children and you care for us father you satisfy us in every way because your word says that you are also the lover of our souls Father, we know and acknowledge this morning that nothing can ever take your place, dear God. Not a good marriage, not a, a house full of children and babies, although they're a blessing. Father, nothing can take the place in our hearts of you. Not an amazing job, an amazing career, or a flourishing ministry can ever take the place that you have in our hearts. You satisfy more than an amazing lover in this world. You satisfy deeper. You satisfy deeper than any gift anyone can ever give us. You're an amazing father and you meet our needs in every way. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually this morning, we set our eyes on you. And Father, as we're going through this sermon series on abundant life, dear God, we know that we cannot have that life without you. So today, dear God, I pray that if anyone does not know you and have you first in their life, that they would be transformed, that they would make that change this morning, impacted for all of eternity, dear God, because you're a good father and we cannot live this life without you. So Holy Spirit, have your way the service, have your way during the gospel presentation, the fellowship, the word, the altar call. Father, we pray. Father, we are expecting big things. We're expecting transformation. We're expecting lost souls to be saved, hearts to be healed, chains to be broken in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Name. Everybody, won't you greet your neighbor as you find your seat? God is so good. Welcome to Metro Praise International. We're so excited to be here with you this morning. God is definitely doing amazing and powerful things. You can sense his presence, can you not? God is good. This morning, before we get into the sermon, I want to take this time to preach the gospel to you as the children make their way to the kids' ministry in the back. I'm reading out of John 3, 3 this morning as I share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here are some very important and crucial words that Jesus shared with us. Jesus is speaking to a, re a religious leader, Nicodemus who is wondering if he is a rabbi, if he's a teacher. And of course, Jesus was a teacher, was he not? He answers back in the same way. Very truly, I tell you, Nicodemus, religious leader of the law, who should know all things, right? He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus and it goes on. It says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to what? The spirit. Amen. This morning, I bring Jesus' words to you and I present them to you. If you yourself are in this place and you want to know God, 
not just here in this lifetime, but for all of eternity. The Bible says that you cannot enter God's kingdom unless you are born again, receive new life. And Jesus makes it very clearly that this is not something that you can do yourself. Flesh gives birth to flesh, correct? Your mama gave birth to your flesh, right? But only the Holy Spirit can give birth inside of you, your spirit. And so this morning we understand that we need to be born again because of our sin. Our sinful nature cannot be in God's presence. We need to be born again a saint. Everybody say saint. When you're born again a saint, you have a place in God's kingdom because when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin any longer. He sees the blood of Jesus that has washed away your sin. Amen? And so if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, the Bible commands you to be saved, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And the Bible says when you have faith, when you believe in him and God Almighty, you immediately turn away. Why? Because your eyes have been opened. You don't want that sin anymore. The sin that put Jesus Christ on that cross isn't so tempting anymore because you love God so much more. Amen? It's not hard. It's not difficult. You believe you're saved. Believe you're saved. Believe in him this morning. Amen? Because he's the only Savior in this world. So I want to take this time to pray for those of you who don't know him, that you would be transformed and never again the same. Amen? Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that there's mercy and there's grace at the cross. I pray that if there's people in this room, dear God, who don't know you as Lord and Savior, today they will repent of their ways. They would turn and believe and trust in the saving power that is found in you, Jesus Christ. And I pray, dear God, that they would rise up. They would become the disciples that you've called them to be and live the abundant life that you have for them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Please stand to your feet with me. If that's you and you're saying, I want to be saved and, and I want someone to pray with me, we, we're going to have some prayer workers right over here on the side, Salvador and Carmen, and they want to pray with you and get you connected into our discipleship program. Amen? And so what we're going to do now is recite our confession of faith. This is our biblical worldview. This is what we believe we stand on at Metro Praise International. We're going we're gonna to say this together with some power, all right? You guys ready? All right, one, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen and amen. Want to greet your neighbors if you need prayer? Our prayer workers are right over here for you.
Come on, clap it up for Jesus. It's all wonderful to see your beautiful faces here. Thank you for coming. We want to welcome you guys all to Metro Praise International, especially if this is your first time here. We want to keep welcoming you back. Keep inviting your friends and your family. It's wonderful to have you here today. Our services here at MPI are every Sundays at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. We have King's Kids in the back for our children, infant to 11 years old. And then every Friday, we have Elevate at 7 p.m. That's our Elevate Youth service for our students, uh, 11 to 18. So if you have children in that age group, they've got to be here on Friday nights. God's doing awesome things in the lives of our young people. Who's excited about Easter? Come on. We're going to be wrapping up our sermon series that day. It's all going to be about abundant life. March 27th at both of our services, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We'll be having a children's presentation that day, as well as free family portraits. So we want you guys to all come out with your family and friends. Keep getting those flyers, making uh, contacts with people, inviting everybody that you know. We want to give you a sneak peek again of that video that we have for you. So keep sharing this on Facebook and go crazy on the event page, okay? So we're going to start this from the beginning. I know a God who has more to offer you than life itself. Life is about knowing Jesus because Jesus has peace for you in abundance. Jesus has joy for you in abundance. Come and take the hand of Jesus. Come and drink in the waters of God. You will know what it means to live an abundant life. Receive satisfaction for your souls in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give it up for Jesus and the actors in that video. Yes, they did an awesome job. All right, so at Metro Praise, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. Our vision is loving God and loving people. How many of you guys love loving God? And you love loving people. Come on, those are the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. And that is our vision. And our strategy is connect, mentor, and send. First, we want to connect you to the church, connect you to Jesus through our life groups. Somebody say life groups. Then we want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books. And then we want to send you out to do evangelism. And our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Isn't that awesome? God is good. That's a big vision, a big, big vision for a big, big God. Isn't that great? So we want you guys to connect. Look to your neighbor. Say, it's time to connect. We have life groups for you for this quarter. If you turn your hand out around, you'll see the schedule for this quarter. Here's a snapshot of what's happening just this week. Alone, there's so much going on. Today, we're kicking it off with our marriage life group. Come on, marriage folks, married folks. We want you guys to come on out strong. We have child care provided. It's going to be at 5 p.m. It's actually a game night tonight, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Then every week on Wednesdays, we have our King's Kids Life Group, infant to 11 uh, years old, 630 here at the church. 
Thursdays is our gang outreach. 18 years and up are welcome to join them. 7 p.m. Powerful, powerful. Such an awesome testimony. Really quick of just this last week, Steve uh, Ramos and Jose. They had uh, one of the guys they had witnessed to on the streets from before was a young man who was a, from a Muslim background. They meet with him here back at the church. Mama Carmen cooked up some food. They met with this guy. He gave his life to Jesus. It was powerful. It was absolutely powerful. So God is using these, these men and women going out on the streets. And then every Friday, we have two adult Bible studies. One at the, is at the Govea's house. The other one is at the Vivids. Both at 7 p.m., 18 years and up. If you're an adult, you want to be a part of those life groups. Get into fellowship with other believers in the Lord and grow in your walk in faith with Jesus. We really want to encourage you guys to connect. Then we want to mentor you. Say mentor. We have a 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. And we do that one-on-one -on -one with leaders who are ready to pour their life uh, into yours and be there for you to pray, to walk through this journey of living for Jesus with you. So if you're new to the church or you've been coming for a while and you have not started the 101, I really want to encourage you to find a leader, stick with them, get through, go through that book and really grow in your faith in the Lord. And then when you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class where you continue your discipleship journey. But that's where we raise you up to be a leader in the church so that one day you could be ordained as a deacon and an elder. And that's the disciples that make disciples. How many disciples do I have in the room today? How many of you disciples want to make other disciples for Jesus, right? That's what Jesus told us to do. So we want to equip you so that you could be effective and be all that God has called for you to be. Then we want to send you out. Say send. We have evangelism every Saturday from 5 to 8. They go hit the streets and street witness uh, to complete strangers. There's awesome conversations, uh, but we're planting seeds. We're not there to save people, but we are mandated to go and preach the gospel. And then it's up to the Lord to bring the increase and to save their soul. But we pray that God wins, uh, that saves our city. And the Bible says that his hand is not too short to save. So it's our responsibility to be the messengers and to go out there. So join these awesome men and women of God on the streets. That's your training ground. If you don't know how to street witness or evangelize, that's where you want to be so that you can learn how to do it and be effective with it. So in recap, MPI has a vision, strategy, a goal. Vision, say it with me. Loving God and loving people. Let's do it again. The vision is loving God and loving people. Our strategy is to connect, mentor, and send. And then our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and then 500 around the world. If you believe we could do that by God's grace and power, say amen. Praise the Lord. Who's excited to give this morning? Here at MPI, we believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. And God is going to hold us accountable to that. So we want to have clean hands, knowing that all that we have belongs to the Lord. And we're going to be faithful with that tithe. And then an offering is anything above the tithe. That is an amount between you and the Lord. And we really want to encourage you guys to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, what he wants you to give towards offering. And we designate our offering towards missions and building. We give towards various missions projects throughout the year. And currently we're in the building fund to raise the new band equipment. You guys have seen all that we've done uh, so far just in a few months of entering into this new year. So God is awesome. You guys are generous. And we want to keep, uh, keep encouraging you guys to keep giving and to do it with a cheerful heart. Amen. So let's get into our lesson, the Disciples Giving Book. We're on section one, lesson 12. This is a 52-lesson book. There's a lesson for every week of the year, all about tithes and offerings. It's very powerful. So we're on lesson 12 today. Do we have that ready? The tithe breaks greed through obedience. You guys could also turn there if you have a Safari on your phone, givingbook.org. 
Give them a few moments. There we go. The tithe breaks greed through obedience. How many of you guys want greed to be agreed to be broken off of your life? Come on. The tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. We're going to be reading from Matthew 6.24. You guys can follow along with me on the screen or turn there in your Bibles. Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. How many of you guys know that that's, that's serious business right there? We can't love both. Here are the main points from that passage of scripture. Number one, you cannot serve two masters. The Bible is very clear that Jesus is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. The lordship of Jesus includes everything from your heart to your wallet. God wants all of us. He wants complete, full surrender and obedience. And the hardest thing for for mankind is to trust God with our money because we want to be in control. But how many of you guys know God wants to be in control? And all that that requires is us to fully surrender and serve one master. Number two, you cannot love God and money. Notice how Jesus chose money to be the number one competing master for the Christian's life. Jesus chose to make money the primary example because it represents the most common idol people set up in their hearts. The sinful, greedy heart proudly says, I work hard for my money and I will spend it however I want. My family and my bills come first in my life, not the church. Maybe you guys never said that, but how many of you guys know somebody that may or has said that? See, we have to be transparent before the Lord and fully surrendered the, of course, our family comes first, but Jesus is number one. God is number one, and he'll, he'll determine how we spend our life, and we have to give it for his glory. Number three, money is the best indicator of who your Lord is. If you are not willing to be faithful to give God your best in tithes and offerings, you are making a choice to serve money instead of God. There's no more explanation other than that. That's it. So greed is not just a sin for the rich and famous, but it is a sin for all who refuse to make Jesus the Lord of their money. And how many of you guys know that sin needs to be repented of? This is a serious lesson. If we cannot trust God with our tithes and offerings, that is a sin. We're serving that instead of the Lord, and we have to repent. And number four, giving breaks the attitude of greed. Every time you give your tithes to God, you are breaking the chains of greed that come from the master of money, and you are choosing to serve Jesus as the Lord of your wallet. Here's a summary. Be obedient to God in the faithful giving of your tithes so the sin of your greed doesn't take mastery of your heart. And we have to guard our heart from that sin. Let's apply this in three ways. Number one, ask God to forgive you for being greedy if you have been serving money rather than Jesus. Number two, be devoted and obedient to Jesus as a Lord over all your life. And three, give your tithes faithfully. Somebody say faithfully. As an act of worship to Jesus who is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Hallelujah. Let's confess this over our life together on the count of three. One, two, three. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. The tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. If you want that to be you, please stand up to your feet with me this morning. 
as we prepare to give the Lord our best, our tithes and our offerings, another act of worship unto our king. Again, MPI believes that a tithe is 10% of our total income. Offering is designated towards missions and building. We really want you guys to be sensitive to the Lord on that. And I want to remind you on the envelopes, please, please be clear about the, the amount that you want to go towards each category so we can allocate that correctly. Here are four ways that you could give at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering time. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You can see Pastor Griselda for that today. And four, you could go online and use Chase Quick Pay, PayPal, or Bill Pay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Very convenient, easy for you to do that. Uh, currently, our building fund is to raise a new band equipment. We've raised $4,122 thus far. Thank you for all that have joined us on that journey. Give it up for Jesus and for yourselves. Thank you for your generosity. If you haven't joined us thus far on that journey for this year to raise those funds, we want you to, number one, pray and ask God what you should give. Number two, listen and obey what the Holy Spirit says. And three, give and give generously and give with a cheerful heart. Let's recite this verse together. Philippians 4:18. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness, God. And we want to give you the tithe and offering as an act of worship, God. We want you to be our number one master. Money does not rule over us, and we break that spirit of greed through obedience over our lives. So we obediently, cheerfully give you our tithe and offering. Receive it as a pleasing sacrifice unto you and use it for your glory. God, as we win Chicago, as we reach the nations, God, with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would multiply it. Bless the gift and the giver. I pray for blessing and prosperity, increase and raises and promotions over your people, that your goodness and mercy and favor would follow them all the days of their life. And we pray for your uh, favor on all that we do, God, and, and give us wisdom, Jesus, in spending this money so that it could bring glory to your name and further your kingdom on this earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Please come forward this morning as you give, and we thank you so much for your generosity. How many ready to hear about some missionary work? Make some noise. Woo! 
come on. I want to invite my friends up, Jonathan and Nicole. Would you guys come up? Let's give it up for Jonathan and Nicole. They are going to share with you what they are doing for missions. When we give to missions, we give to quite a bit of different areas of missions, and they are a part of our outside mission giving. We have right now Pastor Ellie in the Philippines. He's already preached the service there. He's already done the crusades and the conferences, distributed close to probably 250, 300 of our books. He'll be coming back tomorrow, and next week we'll testify about that amazing trip. Now, that was a Metro Praise mission trip. But when you give, you don't only support what we do. We want to be a sower of good seed in other people's lives. How many can say an amen to that? And so what we decided as a church to do is kind of split our mission giving in half. Half of it goes to our book distribution and mission trips around the world, like Pastor Ellie in the Philippines. And the other portions go to various ministries like Jonathan and Nicole. And they are some special people. They just spent the night with us at our house. They're going to tell you about how they use the gift of flying planes in the jungle and on mission fields to get the missionaries and medical supplies there. And just to remind you, we also give to a mission work in New Orleans, the Raven Team Street Ministry that has a site right off of Bourbon Street and a training center. We also give to Columbia, a drug rehab in Columbia. How many can say amen to that? And we also give to a, um, an African uh, orphanage in South Africa. And some of you may be new to hearing all of that, but after we do our building fundraiser and we raise the funds for our band equipment, we are going to do a big push for missions and ask you to continue to support our missionaries. And so they have come all the way from Baraboo, Wisconsin. They are preparing to go to the Congo to be used by God. They're going to tell us all about their missions and all their hearts. Amen. Can you give them a hand clap as they do that? Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, it's really awesome to be here. I, I want to start with a uh, very simple question. Who's, who's ready for a one-week vacation to Hawaii? Who would be up for that? Okay. Well, let me add, if you only had one week off work and I said to you, you can go to Hawaii, but you can't take an airplane. Any, ever thought of that? How long would it take you to get there? Yeah, it would take you all week, and then you couldn't get back. So it's not something we think about a whole lot, but a lot of people in the world really have to ponder this question. So I just wanted to start there. <laughs> so it might seem like an odd illustration, but it's actually been estimated that by the year 2030, there will be over 1 billion people without access to roads. So without that access, um, how are we going to get the gospel to the ends of the earth like we're commanded to do and that's where MAF comes in so MAF's mission is to share the love of Jesus Christ using aviation and technology to reach isolated people so that they can be spiritually and physically transformed um, so we as Joe mentioned are Jonathan and Nicole and we are excited to head to the Congo uh, join the work of MAF there with our three energetic boys, and Noah, who's almost four, Quentin, who's two, and the third that's on the way. <laughs> yeah. So MF has been, uh, has been around for a long time, and it's actually started by a couple World War II pilots who had the vision to use an airplane to go to the remotest parts of the earth, get access there, and share the gospel. And so um, in 1946, the first flight took off. And then uh, one of our most famous stories, if you've ever heard of MAF pilot Nate Saint, uh, flew into the jungles of Ecuador with four other missionaries, um, with Jim Elliott included, and there wanted to share the gospel with a tribe that had been unreached. Uh, they were martyred on the beach there, 
for their faith. Um, and But these men didn't die in vain. What's awesome about that is that the wives of the family went back and, and through outpouring of grace and forgiveness, uh, many of that tribe accepted the Lord. Uh, and, and still to this day, there's a church right there in that place. And so those are just some of the stories of what we can do by getting, getting the gospel to these places. Uh, Seventy years later, we fly in 14 different countries. Uh, five are restricted access countries, so we use the airplane to um, reach people who wouldn't be able to hear the gospel any other way. Uh, we, we support the church. We support church growth, evangelism. Uh, we fly missionaries, pastors, uh, teachers, preachers, all those kind of guys uh, to get to where they're going. And then uh, because we're in so many different places, we also help out if there's ever a disaster. So if you've heard of the Nepalese earthquakes, uh, MF is there. 2004, there was a huge tsunami. MF was the first organization to be able to fly in relief supplies just because we had an airplane. Uh, and so that's, that's what we do. So a little bit about Congo, um, because I didn't know much before we started this journey. It's a vast country. It actually straddles the equator right in the heart of Africa. Um, it's rich in natural resources. Um, it's actually the size of the United States east of the Mississippi. So you think New York to Florida, that's, it's huge. Um, it actually, although it has a lot of good natural resources, it lacks in infrastructure and is plagued with a lot of political instability. Um, so there was a really um, terrible civil war that ended in 2004 there, and um, it left a lot of deep resentment between the tribes. And one of the things uh, that MAF is doing there is they began offering free flights for teams to go in and hold reconciliation or forgiveness seminars. Um, so to date, over 1.5 million people have forgiven or changed their minds about the enemy tribes, and over 66,000 people have given their lives to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a little video to show you guys, and uh, you'll see that more than anything, we believe that the gospel is the only thing that will change the heart of Africa. In spite of... Uh, all the doom that is reported about Africa, we know that the scripture changes life. This is the word that got to pull Africa out of corruption. This is the word that can pull Africa out of civil war. So we do believe that uh, Africa will change. And change in Africa will come out of the word of God. because of conflict and because conflict makes people extremely vulnerable. 
We couldn't do the work we're doing here really without MAF. They're the only ones flying here basically. MAF means you are sure, very secure. MAF stayed through a lot of the civil wars and all the problems when other groups left. Two doctors in an area twice the size of California. It's only 45 minutes with airplane to come here and to visit these clinics, but by car I think it's five or six hours. The MAF has saved our life uh, many times, you know, for evacuations, medical purposes and things like that. Without the airplane I wouldn't be here. <laughs> because we work with everyone that allows us to work with, um, you know, not one particular denomination or one particular organization, but just everybody doing everything that is accomplishing good works for the Lord. So this entire church, which is, we don't know, three, five thousand people maybe, uh, the only scriptures that they have is the scriptures that we're translating right now. And so they're very anxious to, uh, to see this finished. Uh, we're going into a more heavily Muslim area at the invitation of uh, the Wesleyan Church to show the Jesus film there. So we show the Jesus film and then we start uh, the church there. Thanks to Mark, the gospel got to my parents and got to me. And thanks to Mark, I'm missionary among my people with the tools I can use from Mark. So uh, we think it's a pretty cool church planting strategy. So we'll just go tell people about Jesus and then they start the church, right? The gospel is the power of salvation. So we believe that. Um, we'd like to share a little bit about how we got connected with this organization. I actually grew up in Belgium um, and uh, in a missionary home there. Uh, but it actually took a long time for the Lord to teach me step by step uh, what I needed to learn and uh, guide me to this in this direction. And uh, I have another question for you. This time it's not so... Not so, uh, not such a funny question. But if you have you ever had a desire that you didn't know if it was for the future, if it was from the Lord or not? And I struggled with this question all through high school. I wanted to be a pilot, and that's all I ever wanted to do. And I was going to use God to get it for me. And I don't know if you've ever used this strategy, but it doesn't work like that. So God is much more, uh, much more interested in a committed follower and a heart that's devoted to Him than in our occupational goals of any kind. And uh, he had to show me that walking with him uh, was more important and step-by-step step opened my eyes to the needs of others too. Uh, and guess what? Then he gave me the desire of my heart, and uh, which was to fly following him and serving him in the process. And uh, we sang this morning, uh, my passion for your fame. And it talks about we're passionate about the Lord and we live for his glory, but one of my passions is flying and fixing planes. I'm, I'm just a pilot. I'm just a mechanic, but the Lord wants me to use that in Congo, and so whatever you do, God wants to use that um, in the future. So uh, 
Well, I want to ask you guys to stand up to your feet with me. We're going to sing a hymn today. Does everybody have their Easter flyers? Can you guys get me a couple Easter flyers up here? If you have an Easter flyer, I want you to put it in your hand. Ushers, if you don't have them, ushers, get you uh, these Easter flyers real quick, and we're going to get them to you because I want everybody to bring their friends and family here. Let me see you wave around if you got an Easter flyer. Ushers, some of these guys here don't have them. Let me see them. Come on, those in this section don't have them. Run and get them to them. How about here? How about you guys got Easter flyers? Come on. Amen. Now, this is what we're going to do. We are going to pray for our three. Everybody say three. We're going to pray for three. If you got more on your heart than that, that's okay. But I want to pray for three people that I want to come Easter tomorrow, uh, next week. Not tomorrow. I'm excited, but it's next week. And I want you to invite three people. And then we're going to sing this hymn, but we're going to pray first. Right now, come on, let's pray for three people. Name them out by name right now. Jesus, I pray for you to bring Steve, Michelle, Ashta, Vivek, Lord, Vega. Name out your three right now. Name them. Lord, we pray for them. Bring them, Jesus. Resurrection Sunday is for them to receive new life. Our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers. In Jesus' name. And now let me pray for you. Lord, I pray you'll use us to hand out the invitation, to share with them a smile and tell them we love them, to invite them, to put it on Facebook, to call them up, take them out to lunch, to do whatever it takes so our friends and family will know they are welcome here next week. They can come and take family portraits with us. All their uh, kids will get free candy, Lord. But more importantly, we want them to hear the abundant life of Jesus and be saved. And everybody's said amen let's sing this old hymn together one two three oh for a thousand tongues to sing my great redeemer's praise the glories of my god and king the triumphs of his grace my gracious master and my god assist me to proclaim to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name Jesus Jesus the name that charms our fears that bids our sorrows cease tis music in the sinner's ears tis life and health and peace he breaks the power of canceled sin he sets the prisoner free his blood can make the foulest clean his blood availed for me give it up for jesus come on saints you ready play ball amen you may be seated y'all ready to get it on for jesus this week Man, I don't know about you, but I'm expecting God to do great things this Easter. I want to see my friends and family come. This whole month, we've been talking about the abundant life. Somebody say the abundant life. We're talking about that kind of life that only God can give, not that busted and disgusted life. We're talking about an overflowing good life. And a good life may not be an easy life. It may come with persecution. It may come with trials and tests. But the abundant life is full of God's joy and peace, and God never changes. Can I hear an amen? Your situations may change. Your job may change. But God never changes. The abundant life is found in him. And today, for this sermon series, what I want to talk about is the spirit-led life. Somebody say the spirit-led life. Thank you. I want to talk about how we as Christians can be led by the Spirit of God daily in our lives. If you believe in the 
Bible, you believe that God is the Father, Son, and what? The Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is sitting next to him right now at his right hand. And the Holy Spirit is here with us. How many have felt the Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about Casper the ghost, and I'm not talking about some weird evil spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. How many of you experienced the Holy Spirit? Maybe his love has touched you. You've cried in God's presence before. Maybe you were feeling discouraged, and he made you feel alive and strong. Other times you were reading your Bible, and it didn't seem to make sense, and then all of a sudden something spoke to you. Something came alive out of that scripture. Maybe God sent a friend to you, and when that friend started to speak to you, you felt loved and cared for. All of those are evidences of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want you to turn with me to John chapter 10, verse 10, for our series scripture, what we've been reading every week. The first week when we talked about the abundant life, we talked about the new life. And the second week, we talked about the free life. And today, we're talking about the spirit-led life. But look at this passage, John 10.10. It's in the Amplified. Follow along in your version or on the screen. And this is what we need to base our life on, Jesus' words. He said, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. What are the three things the devil's going to do? And destroy. Thank you. He, Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Thank you. To the full till it overflows. So here we got the message. I think it's pretty clear. The devil, he's about some stuff. He wants to steal your purpose. He wants to kill your life and he wants to destroy your soul and eternity in hell. I don't want to go with the devil. The devil's very bad. Jesus said, I came to die on the cross, be buried, raise again on the third day so that you may have and enjoy life and have life in abundance. Not just oxygen life, not just plant life or animal life, spiritual life, spiritual life that has on the inside the presence of God and the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. Somebody say, I got the power. Come on, you need power in your life and to have power you need Jesus and that power overcomes the devil. How many know Jesus overcame the devil? And so greater is he that's in you than he that's in the World, amen. I want you to see the introduction here because I've got to say a lot to you today, but I want to take my time. So follow on the screen or listen to my words here. There are only two types of people in the world, sinner and saints. That's it. If you are a sinner, that is because you have not accepted Christ. By default, if you are not a Christian, you are a sinner. All other religions are considered sinners. Anybody you think is a good person but has not accepted Christ is a sinner. The only kind of person that is a saint is one that has been born again. So if someone you know is not born again, what are they according to the Bible? Sinners. If someone is born again, what are they according to the Bible? A saint. Now, sadly, among saints, among the saints, there are two types of saints, two types of born-again people, those who are worldly Christians who do not take serious what God has done in their life. They try to see as close to the edge they can get and still go to heaven and not go to hell. And then there are disciples. Can I hear a whoop, whoop? Are there any disciples of Christ in this place? Those disciples are sold out. They want to follow Jesus. They want to obey his commands. They're not just doing it to get a free ticket to heaven. They want to be like Jesus. They want to do what Jesus did. The word disciple means a student, a learner. And so they want to learn from Jesus and obey all of his commands. They're not seeing how close to the world they can get and still get to heaven. They want to see how close to heaven they can get and still be in this world. Come on, somebody. They want to love Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
Now today, I'm going to trust that many of you are born again. And if you're not, you can be born again. But this message is primarily for those who have already chosen to follow Christ. And how many are here today? Can I hear an amen? So this message is primarily for you. But if you're a visitor, you can find the effect as well. You can change by God's grace. God will change you, rather. But look at this. When you and I were born again, we became a new person in our soul and spirit. Everybody say born again. And that's how we became a saint of God. Now, though your body is still under the effects of sin, you are to count it as dead and crucified with Christ and live a holy life pleasing to God and his word. So I want you to think about this. When you got born again, did your eye color change? Did those contacts pop in your eyes? And all of a sudden you got like blue eyes. Come on, girls, you know what I'm talking about. Some of those girls be doing that. And fellas, when you got born again, did you get all muscular like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Did you lose weight? No, did your hair color change? Those have it fallen out? Did it start to grow back? No, because the body is still under the penalty of death. But when the body dies, Paul says, to be absent from that body, when it dies, is to be present with the Lord. Souls live on beyond the body. How many believe you have a body? How many believe you have a soul? Right? When the body dies, the soul lives on. So what is new when you're born again? Is the body new? No, the soul, the spirit of the man, which is another way of saying the soul. The spirit and soul is what makes a man in the image of God. That image of God is what God breathed into us in the garden. We were just dust. We could have been an animal like all the other animals made out of the ground. But what God did with us uniquely was breathe a living soul and spirit into us. Can I hear an amen? Now, as a Christian that has been born again, you will face temptation. Even though you have a new life, even though you have a free life, temptation will be a part of your life. I'm not saying sin should be normative for you because the Bible says that we should not sin. The Christian should not have a normal desire for sin. Even though the Christian may be tempted, they should say, I ask God to lead me not into temptation, but what? Deliver me from evil. Now, where does temptation come from? Two different ways. Inwardly, from that sinful body, that body that remains. Your body has a brain. How many know when the body dies, the brain dies? But your mind is a part of your soul that lives forever. We believe that the mind is part of the soul that lives forever, and the body has a brain that dies. Do you see the difference? Difference between brain and body. Difference between brain and mind, rather. Your mind is in your soul. Your brain is in your body. The brain dies. But as the brain is with you now in the body, it has desires. Pheromones attracting you in sexuality to same sex or opposite sex. Anger and temptation through your blood pressure to be tempted to sin and anger. Jealousy, wishing that this body had more than what someone else's body has or wanting what they have. How many can understand that temptation can come from a sinful body? Sinful body. If all of us here were to be honest, our body tempts us. It tempts us to eat. How many are on a diet right now saying no to your body? No, no, no. No, I'm still on my New Year's resolution. No, no, no. We got a lot of beach body people up in here, all your beach body plans. You say, no, 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 body. I got a beach body. (laughs) And you got to tell your body, you got to tell your body what to do, don't you? Your stomach's not your God. God is your God. You don't listen to your stomach, right? But then we also get outward temptation. We learned about this in our spiritual warfare series where the devil actually comes to tempt us as well. Since Jesus had a perfect body, who had to tempt him? 
the devil because his body never would have tempted him. That's why he was born of a virgin, given the physical body by the Holy Spirit. His brain was like Adam and Eve's brain. His body was like Adam and Eve's body, perfect without sin. So when he was tempted, it was from the outside, not from the inside. But because we're born again on the inside and still have the body, we're tempted from our own body on the inside and the devil on the outside. Somebody say, God have mercy. So now what we need to do is listen to what today's sermon is about. We need to know how to fight that temptation and let Jesus, the good shepherd, lead us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now I want you to see this right here as we get into the passage. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 23. Everybody go to Psalms 23. This has always been a promise that God would give us a path of righteousness. Everybody say path of righteousness. The path of righteousness is what God wants us to have so that we can live for him. Would you please open up, um, go ahead and open it up for me. I want you to see the path of righteousness, Psalms 23. I'll just start to quote it. You tell me if I'm doing kind of okay. If you're in Psalms 23, somebody say, I'm there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his, come on somebody, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his, his namesake. Now watch this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why am I not fearing any evil if I go through the shadow of death? Because he's leading me. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why am I not afraid to eat in front of my enemies? Because God led me there and said, I got your back. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Come on, somebody. The cup that God gives you is not just a little cup. I don't know about you, but I used to go to my friend's house, and my parent, their parents would get mad at me at drinking too much milk or eating too much food. I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that. People say, hey, hold up. You don't get no more. But Jesus says you get as much as you want till it overflows. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why does goodness and love or goodness and mercy follow us all the days of the, our life? Because we're following our shepherd and everywhere he's telling us to go. Amen? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody say forever. Thank you. Now, going back to this passage here, I want you to see that God, and if you could uh, put it up for me, please. I want you to see that God has a path of righteousness for you, a path for you to walk on. But you have to believe that you're saved. You have to believe that when you were born again, you were really made a new creation. And so in review, when we talked about the new life, we talked about how some people think that when God is saving them, he's doing it progressively like a progress bar. And that when they give their heart to Jesus and that day, you know, and they go home and read their Bible, they're like 10% saved. And a few weeks go by and they get 20% saved, boop, 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 you know. And then last, last week I kept talking about this. And they read their Bible and pray more than boop, 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 boop. They get 30%, 40%. And one day, one day, maybe they'll get to be 50%, half saved and half going to hell. And I'm telling you, where do they get this from? They get it from their flesh, Second flesh, chapter 2, verse 11. You like this, right? And it says, God is still working on me. Don't judge me. God is still working on me. And one day, I'll be who he wants me to be because nobody is perfect. And the idea is you really don't ever get saved. You're always working on salvation as if salvation is joining a gym 
And you're going to get on the good works treadmill and work off your spiritual pounds. And you're going to stop sinning and do more good. That is not salvation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Everybody read the last part here. The old has gone. The new is here. Bung! 100% download. The moment you accept Christ, you become a new creation. Now, somebody may say, well, I don't always act like it. Well, you need to start acting like it. Amen. My child been born, but they don't always act like a wyrostic. Yeah, they've been born. They have the nature of wyrostic, but they don't always act like a wyrostic. And if you've been born again, you need to stop using your body as an excuse and tell your body to serve Jesus Christ because your soul and spirit is born again. You are made new in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Holy and perfect and blameless from sin. If you were to sin, you are to repent and continue in the perfection of Christ. Continue in the righteousness of Christ. Continue in what God has given you. So let me ask you, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you know that you're saved? Have you been soul saved? Is your soul saved? Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been soul saved. Look at your other neighbors and say, it feels so good. It feels so right. Woo, I love Jesus. I've been saved. I've been sanctified. That's a spiritual term for meaning I've been removed from sin. I am not who I used to be. I am not in some self-help religion praying five times a day towards a rock in Mecca. I am who God said I am because I was born again by the blood of the Lamb. That one who died on the cross for me. He who knew no sin became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Woo! I'm excited. I just can't hide it. You're changing the lights on me. I'm excited. You will never live saved until you believe you're saved. If you think that you are going to earn your way into salvation and then live like a person that's saved, that's like trying to wash your car before you bring it to a car wash. It's redonkulous. And this car, you can never get clean. The only way you will ever start doing the right thing is by being born again, not by trying to stop doing wrong things. You're not saved by good works, but by the grace of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? I heard one man on my Facebook, he said, well, does that mean you got to change overnight? I was like saying to myself, Bubba, can you not read? Look at the scripture. I don't change myself overnight. Therefore, if anyone is in, new, in Christ, the new creation has come. Not from me. I don't make myself a new creation. A broken computer can't fix itself. Hello? A diseased person can't give itself a blood transfusion and heal themselves. I don't change myself. I got changed the instant I got saved, not because of me, but because of Jesus Christ. Jesus in me. Can I hear an amen? And so I want you to get serious about being saved. How many of you are saved today? How many of you believe Christ gave you an abundant life? Amen. Now I want you to turn with me here to Ephesians chapter 2. Just see it clearly if you can. See Ephesians chapter 2. I got it, my brother. Thank you. Ephesians 2 says how we were saved. How many believe the Bible today? Amen. Now look at your neighbor. Tell him it's just the introduction, right? Come on, don't get in a hurry. I got to preach a little bit before I preach. Ephesians chapter 2 says, as for you, starting in verse 1, you were dead in transgressions and sins. A dead man can't make himself alive. We're not changing ourselves. Christ changes us. Listen to that. 
You were dead in your transgressions in which you used to live. How many used to live like a sinner? Let's be honest. Those of you not raising your hands must be a proud sinner still. Hello? Either you a saved sinner or you still a proud sinner. Which one are you? Come on, you've been saved and made a saint now, amen? In which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and all the people on TV and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit, the devil, who's now at work in those who are disobedient. You don't have to be demon-possessed to have the devil working on you. Why? Because he works on your mind with temptation. That temptation comes and deceives us. All of us lived among them at one time, so we can never think we're better than anybody else. Well, I'm so much better than you. I'm a Christian now. No, we understand who we were without Christ. I would have busted hell wide open. Hello? All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. We were doing what our flesh wanted, following its desires and what? Thoughts. Thoughts come from that earthly brain doing what we want to make our body feel temporarily better. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Everybody say, I was naughty by nature. Look at your neighbor and say, I was naughty by nature. Come on. But look at this. But because I joined a religion and started praying, I got saved. Is that what it says? Because I started going to Father Tom and confessing all of my naughty secrets. It says, no, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace. Come on, somebody say grace. Grace, you have been saved. It's all about that grace, about that grace. No devil, it's all about that grace, about that grace. Come on, y'all got some grace in your life today? Were you, dead in, were you dead in your sins at one time? And did Christ make you alive? How did he do it? By what? Grace. That is the new life, my friend. So please, 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 don't think I'm telling you that I was a dead man in sin and changed my life through religion, and now I'm saying I'm righteous in Jesus. That is redonkulous. What I am saying is I was dead in sin, and I was saved by Jesus. I was rescued, made alive, born again by his grace and his grace alone. Amen? Now, going back to this message, we see clearly that if we are saved, we are to live saved. We are to be free from the sins of the flesh. We learned this last week. John chapter 8, 31 through 32, Jesus said, to the Jews who had believed in him. How many believe in Jesus today? Now, Jesus says this to you. He's talking to you if you believe in him. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, pretend this is Jesus' teaching. Come stand up, Christian. Let's give it up for Christian. Come on. Try to take this out my hand. See, if you hold to Jesus' teaching, devil, you can't have it. I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to live holy. You're not going to take the teachings of Christ out of my hand. How many got Jesus' teachings in your hands today? Give it up for Christian. You better hold on to them. You better hold on to Jesus' teachings. If you sin, fall flat on your face, it ain't the devil's fault. It ain't even your neighbor's fault or this culture's fault. Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world. Hello, somebody. They weren't living on, uh, in the ghetto in the hood where everybody crazy around here make me crazy. No, listen to me. They lived in a perfect world, and they were perfect in their body, and they gave up the teachings of Jesus for the lie of the devil. And that's why they ate the fruit. The devil lied to them, and they said, whoop, I'll give up that teaching. 
Jesus said, don't eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. The devil said, if you do, you'll become like a god. And they go, whoop, we'll give that up real quick. Anytime you and I sin, it's the same exact way. You've been born again. God has changed you. And if you listen to the outward temptation of the devil or the inward temptation of your flesh, the only thing that is to blame is you because you let go of the teachings of Jesus. You didn't believe who he said he was. He said he's a deliverer. He said he's your savior. That means he saves every time. You didn't believe that he could deliver you out of temptation. You and I, when we sin, I'll put myself there. It's the same for everybody. When we sin, it's because we let go. But as long as we hold on to those teachings, there is no devil in hell that can make us sin. And I don't care how much temptation you get from your body. Your body can't make you sin. You have free will and you have a choice. And Christ is greater in you than anything in this world. Can I hear an amen? Now, how many are ready for the message? Come on, somebody say, preach it. Now, I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. For the spirit-led life, and for you to live the spirit-led life, you got to know the difference between your spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing on the inside of you versus the flesh. You've got to know the difference. Do not be deceived. If you think God is telling you to do stuff that's in the flesh, you're being deceived. you got to know the difference. How many want to hear the scripture today? Amen. Listen to it. Galatians 5, 16. If you're there, say, I'm there. This is Paul talking. He says, so I say, walk by the, boom. That could be the message right there. I could just mic drop and say, let's do it. That's it. Let's walk by the Spirit. Wherever the path of righteousness is, that's where I'm going. There's a path of righteousness when I use the computer late at night, and it doesn't lead me to BigHooters.com. Hello? If I find myself, young people, look at me. If you find yourself on a bad website, who brought you there? Your flesh, the devil. But if you are living holy, who's bringing you in that path of holiness? The Spirit of God. You find yourself married couple fighting, not getting along, who brought you there? You did. Your flesh did. If you walk by the Spirit, married couples, you won't go to bed angry. You'll be at peace even in your disagreements. Because what God joined together, let no man tear apart. Amen? So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So you just can't say, I'm going to remain neutral. By, by being neutral, you're already given into the flesh because that's a cowardly spirit. By you saying, I'm not going to go all in for God, you've already made a decision to be a child of the devil. Hello, are you listening to me? By default, that's what you are. So you have to understand there's no middle ground. It's either you're following the Spirit or you're following your flesh. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. What the law does is try to tell you every little jot and tittle of what you're to do and not to do. But if you're led of the Spirit, you don't need somebody telling you, thou shalt not murder, because you know you shouldn't murder. God told you that. Hello? You know you shouldn't steal because God told you that. You know you shouldn't lust after your guys, you know, men, we shouldn't lust after each other's wives. Why? Because God told you that. You know you shouldn't be greedy because God told you. You don't need somebody pointing the finger at you. Can I hear an amen? How many know what a sin is when God tells you? If you got the spirit, you know what God's telling you. And if you don't know it all together, yet start reading your word and you'll hear him very clearly. Now listen, here it is. The spirit versus the flesh. We're going to know the difference. How many want to know the difference? Here it is. Take, thank you, Paul. Take us there. The acts of the flesh are obvious. 
Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, what you probably just saw at the club last night if you were there, what reality TV is, what politicians are, hello somebody, what you see in everyday life, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, in the Bible it actually says orgies, and the what? There were some crazy people back then, wasn't there? Sounds like there's crazy people today too, doesn't it? Because if that's the flesh, I see that all over the place. The flesh has all of this desire within it, but God made me new. And so just like my flesh can have an appetite for something to eat, and still I'm not my stomach, my body can have an appetite for sin, and I not be a sinner. The Christian has to learn to live by the Spirit and be delivered from all temptation and evil. You are no longer a sinner. You are born again in your soul. Reject the temptations and the desires of your flesh. How? By a self-help program? By doing, doing, doing? No, by following the Spirit. How did I get set free from pornography over 20 years ago? Following the Spirit. How did I get set free from drugs and addictions? Following the Spirit. Why is it I haven't cursed in 20 years? Following the Spirit. When I have sinned, it's the time I missed where the Spirit was saying go. Think of the footprints illustration, but now in a different way. Imagine Jesus is walking two steps ahead of you, and he's putting footprints on the beach. Every step he is taking is a righteous step. If you just put your feet right where daddy put his feet, you're never going to stumble or fall. If you ever move to this way or to the other way outside of his step, you know what that's called in the Greek? Hermenotoi, that is sin. It literally means missing the mark, missing where you were supposed to be. Sin is not an accident. It's an intentional desire of the will to go, well, I don't want to do that. God is wanting me to be patient now, but I'd rather lose my mind and tell somebody how I really feel. Hello. I'm going to take them down the path of cray-cray right now. Hello. You ever been there? Somebody at school, young people, somebody on your job, older people come on, and you're just like, forget the path of peace and patience and forgiveness. I'm going on the path. I'm going to curse you out and tell you what I think about you, your mama, your dog, your neighborhood. You act like you ain't never lost your temper before. How many know there's a path of righteousness when you're driving your car? There's a way to handle traffic. How many know there's a path of righteousness when you're in dating relationships? Hello? You can think about it like, you know, what would they call that? Uh, where you put your feet on the dots? What do we call that? Twister? Twister, right? How many know young people of God ain't never going to put the dot up here on a woman? Hello? Hello, somebody? You all looking at me like you ain't never sinned before. Can I talk to a real church today? Can I talk to a real church? He ain't never going to put the dots up here. Hello? He ain't never going to say, touch this, do this. And so listen to me, ladies. If a man does that and claims to be a Christian, you take off your shoe, go cray on him, and break up with that joker. Amen? You tell him, pastor told me to hit you like this. Because you're going to respect me. You're going to respect me. Well, Jesus told me that I, that I could do this because he said we're married in the spirit. You're a liar. Poof, 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 poof. Get behind me, Satan. Hello, somebody. All of this is the flesh. We've all done it. We've been tempted to do it. Some of you are tempted right now to do it in different ways. Selfish ambition. Don't give in the offering. You need that money for your stuff. That's selfish ambition. That's your flesh telling you that. Envy. Well, look at so-and-so. Look at the car they brought here today. You could be having deeds of the flesh right now. Why do they get to drive that car? I thought I had a better job than them. I should have a nicer car than them. 
idolatry, empty seats here because somebody might have to put something else before God. Oh, it's a nice day. I just want to go waste it on myself and my friends and do all this other stuff. Hello? Who gave you this day? Who created that sun? Who created that blue sky? You better not make this blue sky an idol. Don't make the lakefront an idol, people. Come to church and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. The air that I breathe comes from you. The feet that I have come from you. Amen? I won't make your creation my idol. I could be here all day just preaching. Somebody say preach it. But I got to get to the next one, fruit of the Spirit. See, now look at the difference here. I want everybody to get the difference in words. The flesh has deeds or acts. You guys get this, acts. Everybody say acts. And somebody say deeds. Those are things you do, you make happen. You make this happen. That's what you do, flesh. But look at what the other one is called. What is this called? Fruit. Who makes that happen? God makes that happen. You may plant a seed, but do you make the apple tree grow? You don't make that grow. God makes that grow. So what is he teaching us? What you keep trying to do for yourself keeps making you a mess. Let me do for you what you can't do for yourself. And then I'll teach you how to be like me. See, when I came to Jesus, all I knew was deeds of the flesh. So if I kept trying to change myself, everything would be dirty. Imagine if you had like tar on your hands and, and you tried to clean yourself. Everything you touched would only get more dirty. Are you with me? But if Jesus cleanses you and puts fruit in you, what he gives you remains and lasts. Why do I love church? I love church because God put love for church in my heart when I got saved. Why do I have patience now? I'm not always great at it, but why do I have it? I may not always use it, but I have it because God gave it to me. Look at what these things are. How many of you guys want the fruit of the Spirit? How many believe Jesus already planted his seed inside of you? How many believe it's here for the taking whenever you want it? Nobody has to go around. No Christian has to be going around going, oh, my goodness, how do I love people? How do I? No, no, you got love on the inside if you got Jesus. Hello. You've seen what man has tried to do. Look at all the racism in our community. We need to come to Jesus Christ. And we need to say, Jesus, give me love for every race because there's only one, really, the human race. Amen. Help me treat my neighbor as myself. Look, this, the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. God's never going to say, woo, 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 Daryl, pull over. Pull over, Daryl, pull over. What are you doing, Daryl? You got love up in here? You got too much love. Let me see you walk the love line. You know, like, oh, you, you've been drinking too much love. No, God is never going to pull you over in life and say you've broken these laws or this, this by, uh, breaking, by having these things, you're breaking the law. No, God is always going to say you can have as much as you want. You can have as much as gentleness as you want. How many wives want their husbands to take a lot of gentleness home today? Hello? Come on, somebody. I got a brother being honest. Amen. How many of us want this? We need it. There's no logins. There's nothing that you can do to break God's law on this. God wants you to have this. Against us things, there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have what? Crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So really, is my flesh supposed to be taking over? I'm to count it as crucified. Do you remember when Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, they must take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow me? Jesus is saying that what I did for you on the cross can count for you today. This is not going to be always with you as a strong desire if you start making my desires your desires. See, today I am not forcing myself to remain, to remain uh, faithful to my wife. My heart for her has crushed the desire to cheat on her. 
Do you guys get that? Think of an appetite. If you were to fill yourself on good food right now and then somebody puts junk food before you, could you fit it in your stomach? You'd be like, no, it make me sick. I'm so full on my wife's love that I don't have room to do sexual immorality. And when I have a lack of patience, it's because I'm so full of my anger and not of God's patience that I sin. Do you guys get it? And so if I'm staying full on the fruit, and how many like fruit? If I want to stay full on, if I stay full on the fruit, I won't have room for the flesh. So the default position of the Christian is not to be in this kind of like epic struggle where it's always like, my flesh is slapping me and I crucify my flesh, you bad flesh. No, I'm to count it past tense crucified and go, I'm living for Jesus right now. I'm all in. I am going to be patient. I am going to be full of joy. I am going to treat others as I want to treat myself. Amen? As I would want to be treated. And here you got that scripture right here. So send. We live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. In our notes, I have all the definitions there for you. Sexual immorality. Let's go through the deeds of the flesh real quick. Sexual immorality is lust and sex with a married person. It's like adultery. Impurity is any kind of sex outside of marriage. That would include, include homosexuality and oral sex. Debauchery is a perverse, wild party like what you see on the music videos. Not all music videos, but you know what I mean. Idolatry is putting anything before God, sports, job, relationships. Witchcraft is not only worshiping the devil, but it's also drug use. In the Greek, the word witchcraft is pharmakia. What does that word sound like, pharmakia? pharmaceuticals, because in witchcraft they use drugs. And now today they may not be putting 666, but be careful, careful of illicit drug use because it is an inroad to Satanism. And I could talk about that later. Hatred, you know, we know what hatred is. Discord, separating good relationships. It's literally meaning tearing apart a cord. If you've seen rope and cords, you know, they have multiple strands. It's like tearing it apart, tearing apart good friends. Jealousy, wanting what someone else has. Fits of rage, uh, Real Housewives of Jersey Shore, I'm sure will give you an illustration of that. How many know what fits of rage are? Okay. Selfish ambition, doing things on your own for your own personal benefit and gain. My family, my job, my car. It's all about you, 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 you. Don't give to anybody else's family. Don't give to anybody else's community. Hello. That's why we got to give to Congo to ask God to bless Chicago because I got to do for others what I want God to do for me. Amen. That's another way of looking at the golden rule. Flip it around. Instead of saying, do unto others as you want done unto you, say it like this. Make happen for others what you want to have happen for you. Amen. Dissensions, very similar. Some of these are very similar to discord, you know, separating relationships, factions, same thing. Envy is like jealousy, drunkenness, excessive drinking. The Bible says you can drink in moderation. How many, you know, sometimes people ask me, well, Panther, what, what, what is drunk? I don't know. How many people here know what it means to be drunk? If you don't know what it means to be drunk, drink with the Christian and we'll tell you when you're drunk, okay? Because if you don't know, you're just being silly. So drink in moderation. Like, I don't know what it means to be drunk. Man, you're just probably drunk all the time and not being honest with yourself. And how many know what an orgy is? Amen. I know it gets all quiet in church when we talk like this, but i got to preach what the Bible says. And then the Bible then goes on to say the like. So anything that resembles drunkenness, orgies, envy, dissensions, fits of rage, don't do those things. Can I hear an Amen. Because if you do those things, the Bible says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who what? Live like this. Those who what? Live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. But what is the fruit of the Spirit? Now, love, joy, peace, and all these things. Can I ask uh, Vinny to come up here, please? This is what I want to do in closing. I want to use each one of these fruit of the spirits as a form of prayer and to teach you how I would pray for you today and for myself to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Do you guys want to hear this? 
So in an attitude of prayer, let us think about this. Whatever is of the flesh, I'm not making excuses for. I'm going to count it as dead and crucified, and I'm going to follow the Spirit. What is the Spirit going to look like in my life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Here's how I would pray for love today. God, I ask that you'd give me your perfect love to be developed in my life today. Help me to love my enemies, to forgive those who hurt me, to be a vessel of your love to the hurting. Empower me to love with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love my neighbor as myself. No matter where I go today, help me to come in love and help me to leave in love. Let's think about joy today as a prayer. God, I receive your joy today. You know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We need to learn to receive the joy of the Lord. Come on, just say, I receive joy. God, you said I have it. I receive your joy. I declare that since you are with me, I have the fullness of joy. I choose to rejoice in you always. Situations change, but God doesn't, right? At a funeral, why am I going to be happy? Because God is still good. I'll grieve that I've lost my loved one. I'm not pretending it don't hurt. But why will I be happy to still be alive and carry on? Because God is my joy. I choose to rejoice in you always. Help me by your spirit to not let the devil, this world, my problems, or other people take your joy from my life. The old timers used to say it like this. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. This joy that I have, the devil didn't give it, and the devil can't take it away. You see, we need to know that we're going to stay in God's joy. And I'm not going to let the devil, this world, my problems, or other people take your joy from me. I choose to be happy and full of joy because you're with me, and you're always worth celebrating. Peace. How many want peace and live in peace? Father, I receive your peace today. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Peace means shalom, tranquility. Doesn't matter what's going on around you, it's what's happening on the inside of you. I surrender control of my life into your hands because I trust in your plans for my life and I can rest in your presence. When the storm was going on, where was Jesus in the boat? He was sleeping, teaching us that even in the midst of storms, you can sleep because there are some storms you can't change. You can't change the wind and the waves always coming against you, friends. The economy taught us that a few years ago. You couldn't change that, but we need to learn to be at peace in any economy. Amen? I know you will keep my mind at peace when I keep my mind on you. That's a scripture, by the way. Because of you, I'm free from all worry, fear, anxiety, and I am at perfect peace in your loving arms. Forbearance, another word for patience. God, give me patience today to go through the hard times of life. Can you just look up at me? I know we're in attitude of prayer, but can you just see this, please? Imagine now those footprints. Think of me as a father of four kids with a pregnant wife who has to limp along a little bit. You don't think my nerves get challenged? Kids going crazy. Nancy needed me to run more errands. I went to Aldi's the other day, and I needed two shopping carts. You're talking to a man that had two shopping carts. Do you all even know what that feels like? Somebody just needs to stretch their hand towards me and go, Lord, bless my pastor. Help him, Jesus. Help him. He needs you, Lord. He needs you. I had two grocery carts bagging these things up, coming home to a house full of kids, a birthday party. I mean, I want you all to see this. I know if you're a Christian, you can relate to these times of stress. Listen to me. This is what I feel God is telling us. 
in my steps of patience. Walk in my steps of patience. I will show you the righteous path of grocery shopping with two carts. The bill, listen to, I don't say it to brag, but I didn't even know Aldi could get that high. The bill was over $200. I was like, oh my gosh, because you know at Jewel, like a half a cart would have been $200. But I was like, I have never even spent that much money. How do you spend $200 at Jewel? How does that happen? I'm like pulling out money, all this, this birthday party, grocery shopping. And then, you know, you just get to the point where all you can see is stress, stress, stress. And then you look at people, stress, you're stressed, you're stressed. But God in the spirit is trying to say peace and patience and peace and patience. And so we need to say, God, give me patience today to go through the hard times of life. This pastor's not telling you because you're a new creation. You won't go through hard times. I'm telling you, you will go through hard times, but you will fear no evil, for the Lord is with you, and his rod and staff will comfort you. He'll put a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Help me, Jesus, to be still and wait, knowing that you are in control. I challenge every, this is a big one right here. I challenge every stressed out person to take 10 minutes of solitude and quietness today and meditate on one scripture and say over and over, I believe this over my problems and watch what God will do in your mind and your soul. When I think I can do something faster, remind me that your ways are not my ways and that your calendar is not on my schedule. I will live in your strength knowing that whatever I face today is in your plan and that you've made a way of escape that will come at the appointed time you have set. You'll never let me take on more than I can bear. I believe that even to this day, friends. And I'm doing that looking at missionaries that know about martyrs. I still believe even the martyrs being sentenced to death for their faith, God does not give them more than they can bear. God strengthens us even in the midst of the hardest situations. Kindness. Father, teach me today to be kind and considerate to others, people's feelings. Help me to look past my own selfish desires and see the hurts and needs of others. May your spirit give me compassion for the lost, for people who support Bernie Sanders. Give me compassion for those who support Donald Trump. Give me compassion for those who support Hillary Clinton. Come on, Chicago. Give me patience and kindness for even my enemies. Help me to turn the other cheek. Help me to stop doing eye for an eye because we'll all be blind. I'll preach truth. There is a truth. But help me to be compassionate for my Muslim neighbors. Hello. For the person that cuts me off. Show me, Lord, how would you act? Understanding for the weak, patient for the insulting, and love for all. I choose to be kind instead of being rude or discourteous today because I want people to see you and me. I want Jesus to be seen in me today. I want Jesus to be seen in me at the line that I'm getting frustrated at that I wish would move faster. I want God to be seen in me with my neighbors who always keep taking our parking spots. I want God to be seen in me for Comcast that keeps changing my bill every 30 days. I want God to be seen in me when everybody's going politically crazy on Facebook. I want God to be seen in me. Do you want God to be seen in you? Ask the Lord for the footprints of kindness. Goodness. God, I want to be good today because you're always good. God is always good. I want to do good things today because you always operate out of goodness. 
Never manipulation. It's never, God is never manipulating you. That's why you can go to hell if you want, not be with him. May your spirit use me to show others your goodness. Let my words, actions, and thoughts be for the good of those to whom they're directed. May I think well of people, hope the best, and pray. I stand in your goodness, and by your spirit today, I choose to walk in goodness. How many want to walk in goodness? Are you tired yet of hearing the Bible? Can I keep saying some Bible stuff here? Come on, somebody. Faithfulness. The Bible says faithful people are hard to find. God, I want to be faithful. I just don't want to proclaim my love for you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. But I be cheating on, on you all the time, Jesus. I never pick up the phone when you call, Jesus. Come on, I want to be faithful to Jesus. I want to be there when he calls me up and wants to talk. Does Jesus ever wake you up in the night and say, hey, let's talk tonight? Does he ever say, shut down the computer? Hey, I want to go on a walk with you. Do a prayer walk. Does God ever say to you, hey, I want to spend time with you? And do you say, yes, Lord? I want to be faithful to you, God. I just don't want to proclaim my love for you. I want to demonstrate my love for you by living a life faithful to you and your commands. I don't want to let them go. Empower me to be faithful to my family, to my four kids and the fifth one on the way. God, I don't want to let them down. How many men want to be faithful? How many women want to be faithful? Come on, you want to be faithful to your family, faithful to my friends, faithful to my church. I know there's so much i got to be faithful to, God, but you're going to give it to me. You're going to help me. Faithful to my job, faithful to my community, and most importantly to you. Let my word be taken seriously to those I give it. Help me to fulfill every promise and commitment I make today. I accept your faithfulness and choose to live by it in every area of my life gentleness. God, teach me to be humble and gentle like Jesus. Help me to lower myself so I can be lifted up. Remind me of your saying in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. Let your spirit give me strength, strength to conquer the whole world and make them do what I want them to do. No, give me strength to be a servant of all and prefer others above myself. It's always harder to serve others, isn't it, than telling them what to do. It's easy to tell people what to do, but when you're serving them, that takes a lot of strength, doesn't it? Help me to carry my cross, crucify my ways, wants, and needs. Help me to live for your glory according to your ways and to look to others' wants and others' needs and to be meek and gentle by your spirit so I can lower myself that Jesus can be lifted up. Less of me, more of you. Self-control, which I think puts them all together. God, give give me control of my life as I give it to you so that all bad habits, addictions, and selfish attitudes and harmful thinking and destructive behaviors will leave. I lose control to God so he can give it back in a right way. I choose today to allow your spirit to guide all the areas of my life. Have control over my time management. You feel like your life's going crazy, not enough time, not enough time. Give your life to God. God has a path of time for you. God knows there's only 24 hours in a day. He made the day. Amen? He'll teach you how to do what he wants you to do today. you got to give him control, though. My work, have control of my diet, my relationship. You know how I lost 60 pounds? Giving God control. My hobbies, my money, my thought life, my entertainment, my family. Jesus, take control. And I, I like it like this. It's not even just Jesus, take the wheel, I'll ride shotgun. It's Jesus, here's the keys to the car. I'm going to hop in the trunk because I don't even want to mess with anything on the dashboard. 
Because I could be sitting shotgun and be one of those nosy little shotgun drivers and be changing the air. Oh, it's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. No, I'm messing with my wife. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. People will be messing with your steering. No, 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 Jack. Get in the back. Get back, back, back. I want to say, God, here's the keys. You take it. I'm going to be right here. Lead me in paths of righteousness. I give you control and declare by your spirit I will live a life honoring to you. Here it is. Think of it like this. When you were born again, the spiritual soul, your mind, will, and emotions was reborn and created in righteousness and holiness by the Holy Spirit. You're left in this body of the flesh. Your flesh is that physical body influenced by the brain and five senses, touch, taste, see, hear, and smell. But the Bible says that you are to consider your flesh crucified so that you can stay in step with the Spirit. So the way to look at this illustration is that when I came to Christ, when I belonged to Jesus, I was crucified with Him. And today, my desires, my passions are there on that cross where He took my sin so that now I'm free to live by the Spirit and I can keep in step with the Spirit. Do you want to do that today? If you do, I just want to ask you to close your eyes in an attitude of prayer as the band and altar workers come. We're going to close in prayer. Thank you for your patience today. I want to ask you to search your heart. I said this was primarily for those who are already born again, but I want to take a moment for those who have not been born again. And if you are, would you pray for those who are not right now? Just help me, Christians, to pray for them. Just in an attitude of prayer, Lord, we ask that those, if they don't know you today, and this message is a very new kind of message for them, I pray, Lord, that they become born again, that they accept you into their life, and that they choose to live for you today. If you want to be born again, just simply confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. You can simply say it like this, Jesus, I believe in you, you died for me, you rose again, and I want you to be the Lord of my life today. I want you to take over. I want to be a new person. I'm giving you control. You know, in your own words, say that. Now, you remember we talked at the beginning, there's only sinner and saint. So if you're a sinner today, become a saint by God's transformation, not your own. Just tell the Lord, I don't want to be like this anymore. I want you to change me. And then remember I told you there's two different types of saints that, you know, they're genuinely Christians. They really love the Lord. There's one kind which is like worldly Christian. They want to walk the line, the edge. Then there's others who are really holding on to God's commands. If you're a Christian here now today, would you search your heart to be sure that you're not trying to get away with sin in your Christian relationship with God? Would you check your heart and just say, God, is there any things I'm trying to play on the slick right now, anything I'm trying to hide from you? Because I want to be fully obedient to you. I want to be a disciple. Come on, oh to God that everybody would pray that today. Saints, I'm praying it with you. Don't you think that I don't have to be careful in my heart? I've seen too many of my friends fall. Too many of pastors fall. Let's be honest. Is there any wicked way in me, Lord? Show me right now and lead me in the paths of everlasting life. That's Psalms 139. Search me and see, Lord. Is there any wicked way in me? lead me out of it right now forgive me if you got to confess start by confessing Lord I've been looking at stuff I shouldn't be I've been saying stuff I shouldn't be and Lord I just haven't been doing it right I want to live by your word now now if we've walked through this carefully sinners have become saints and worldly Christians have become disciples and so if you're a disciple in this place and you really want the fruit of the spirit in your life would you listen to these things 
Listen to these things that God wanted me to encourage you with. Just an attitude of prayer. You're not your flesh. You are a spiritual soul made a new creation that's holy and blameless and perfectly righteous by the Holy Spirit. Your body under the judgment of sin will die, but your soul and spirit will live on. Will you live like that today? Live like it today. Because just as Jesus raised from the dead and was given a glorified body that would live forever, you're going to get a new body to live forever. Finish your race. Consider that flesh crucified. Don't make excuses for it. And finish that race. If that's you today and you want to run the race for Christ as a disciple being led by the Spirit, would you just stand up with me right now? We're going to sing a song in closing. If you're not ready to do that, you can remain seated. No one will look weird at you. We just want to know who wants to stand for Christ today and start taking steps with Him. Band, would you sing the song, Jesus, Be the Center of My Life? And we'll dismiss in just a moment, but before we do, would you consider this song as centering your GPS, as being your true north, as a way of saying, God, you're going to guide me now, and I'm going to follow you. Let's sing it out together. Jesus, be the center of my life. Would you just raise up your hands right now? I'm going to pray that God will give you righteous paths in your marriage right now. Right now. Father, give them righteous paths. Lead all of us, husbands and wives, God, in your righteous path. Let what you join together never be separated. May, Lord, our marriages glorify you. May the engaged couple live pure and holy, build their foundation upon your word, and may they have a long-lasting marriage. Those of us who are married, may we continually walk in humility, see your path of peace in our home. In Jesus' name. If you're a parent here today, would you just raise up your hand? Just any parent, would you raise up your hand? I'm going to pray for parents and paths of righteousness today. God, you see us as mothers and fathers. God, but you know that first we're your sons and daughters. So pray, I pray today that each one of us will listen to you and guide our children the way that would honor you, that we would raise them up in the ways, God, of the Lord so when they're old they won't depart. Keep them safe. Teach them the right steps through us. And if we make a misstep in front of our kids, may we be the first to repent and go, Hey, Bethany, I got to tell you, that wasn't good. Jesus wouldn't have yelled at you like that. I'm sorry. Forgive me. 
May our children see an honesty in our life that compels them to live for you. If you're here today and you're working a job and you're just in, you know, in a place right now where you're working, just raise up your hands part-time or full-time. That's probably most of us, right? Come on, I'm praying for those with jobs. Lord, lead us on your paths of righteousness, success, humility, honor, teamwork. Lord, help us to prefer others above ourselves. Lord, if we need to transition jobs or go back and get to school, Lord, lead us, guide us, provide for us. Let our jobs be a part of our Christian life, glorifying you. And now everybody here that wants to make a difference for Jesus in the church. You love church. You love what God does in this place. You love it from start to finish. You love the children's ministry, the youth programs, the life groups. Would you just raise your hands for me? Let's, let's just sing out this song, Jesus, be the center of your church. And as we do, I'm going to pray. Come on. Jesus, be the center of your church. Sing it out. Lord, today, be the center of Metro Praise yes. International. Help us to reach out to all those hurting today. Help us, help us, Lord. We can't do it without you. We need you. No, be the center of your church. Start over again. Come on. We're praying today for the church. Jesus, thank you. Of your church. We need it, God. We want to be an example. Jesus, In our children's ministry, our greeting, our ushering, whatever we do, God, our outreaches. From beginning to the end. Will always be. Come on, now one more time. If you love the church of Jesus Christ, I don't just mean Metro Praise, I mean the church of Jesus Christ everywhere around the world. Sing it in the Congo today. The church around the world. The church in China. The church in Africa. Latin America. Central America. Amen. Would you hold somebody's hand next to you like a family as Jonathan comes? Jonathan's going to pray and dismiss us because if you heard him today, you heard a bit of the message before I ever preached. And he said, I was going to be a pilot and I was going to make a lot of money because I was just using God as a genie or as a, as a you know, a gambling machine to ching, try to win the lottery. But guess what? He said, God led him to go to Bible college. Hello. He said, you're still going to be a pilot. You're just going to be flying a different kind of plane in a different kind of place. You're going to have a different kind of a runway. Those runways freak me out. It's one thing landing on O'Hare runway. You guys landed on grass fields. And I just literally heard the Lord say that God's got plans like that for people here. They're trying to pick out their own life saying, oh, this is the way God wants me to go. But as he transforms your runway from a O'Hare runway to a jungle runway, he could transform their lives. Amen. If they let, if he lets them, if they let them. So would you pray that in closing and then make sure we come and see you over here, okay? Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that it goes forth and that it speaks to us, that it's alive. Thank you for the change that comes with salvation and your Holy Spirit that speaks to us. Father, we just pray that you you'll be active in our lives and that we'll let you that we'll let you take us where you want us to go. And we're so grateful for the words this morning that were spoken. We're so grateful that it's not our work, that it's all about you. That our, you've saved us and our bodies are crucified. We can live by the Spirit. We can trust in you. It's your work in our lives. And we're so, so grateful.
give it up to Jesus. God bless you. Have a great week. Slap your neighbor high five and say, be led by the Spirit. Come on. God bless you as you go. If you need prayer, come on. If you need prayer, come on before you go. Otherwise, see Jonathan. Have a great week. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the Savior. It's all about you, yes, it's all about from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the Savior. It's all about you, yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the Savior. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about
talk to the nations, to the people for the world. It's all about you. It's all about you. From my heart to the nations, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Da 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 da